Welcome to In The Telling, a podcast that highlights amazing Black family stories from everyday people like you. I'm Miranda. And I'm Steven. And together we are the co-founders of the Nomadic Archivist Project, an initiative that partners for organizations, institutions, and individuals to establish, preserve, and enhance collections that explore the African diasporic experience. You see, families are universes unto themselves, and they are complex and complicated. Love stories, rivalries, naming practices, absences, stories about migrations, pain, surprise, and forgiveness. If we are fortunate, we learn our past from those who lived it. Often it's by our own efforts and labors to uncover pieces of truth about our own family history. This is what we will explore in this bi-monthly podcast. People sharing stories about their families and how they came to learn them. So join us as we journey with you on In the Telling. I would like to welcome today's guest, Lee Levingston Perrine and Patience. Lee is a Washington DC based project manager, event planager and creative. He has planned or helped plan everything from weddings to nonprofit events to LGBTQ music festival, headlined by Queen of Bounce, Big Fridia. He's the founder of Makers Lab and his latest project is a virtual Black Pride Festival happening this May. We'll learn a little bit more about that um, later in the broadcast. Patience is a creator, actress, vocalist, and writer native to Washington, DC. A creative with a passion for the spoken word and sound healing. She is most re recently recognized as the scat of the piece and body roll duo, Boom Scat. Patience is an artist who creates collages for your listening pleasure. If you listen closely, you may feel her heart between your ears. Welcome Lee and welcome Patience. Thank welcome. You. Thank you so much for having us. And so before we get started, I just wanted, um, you know, Stephen sort of touched on it a second ago, talk about an upcoming project you're working on called Black in Space. Who, who gets to describe it? I think Patience, I think you should describe it because you have do a way you, with, do you think I do, because so, you have so a way with words that I don't. I, we're both passionate about it because we're so, co-curating this Absolutely. You, um, do it. you do it. Black in Space is a virtual Black Pride experience. It is all the black queers that we know and, and a lot that we don't getting on a spaceship and getting up off this raggedy planet all right. <laughs> and <laughs> into uh, a better galaxy, onto a better galaxy where uh, social distancing looks like us still partying, us still healing, us still learning, mm -hmm. uh, us still escaping, which is what Black Pride has been for so many years, for 30 years. Um, and we just, we didn't want that to die at the hands of a pandemic right we didn't want black mm -hmm. pride to not happen this year because we are in such a, a wild time we wanted mm -hmm. to create a space that kind of honors the fact that we're all in a wild time but we also want to have a great time and we want to experience one another we want to heal and we want to be around black queer folks because Word. that is joy personified Absolutely. yeah so that's great. So how long is the spaceship um, out in the uh, ethers for? <laughs> um, we lift off Thursday, May 21st at 7 p.m. Eastern. Okay. And we 
will re-enter Earth um, Monday, May 25th at 10 p.m. Eastern. Awesome. So. Awesome. Very and anybody nice. can join this, uh, get on the spaceship? Yeah. So tickets actually go live this Sunday, May 10th at blackinspace.com, B-L-K-N-S-P-A-C-E.com. So there, there is tier ticketing, but everyone's getting on the spaceship. So if folks are facing financial hardships, they just need to send us a note and we'll send them a ticket and get them on the spaceship. So awesome. everyone is black and queer is coming along for this ride. Okay, Very good, nice. good. Nice. I'm looking forward to it. I need, <laughs> um, I need an escape. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We all do. <laughs> <laughs> mm. yeah. Thank you for coming on In the Telling. This is a bi-monthly podcast where we just get together and we talk about um, Black families. And, you know, we show up in all different ways and all different forms. And we get together and we talk about different experiences, the way that we've felt them and the way that we understand family. And so we brought you both on um, the show today to speak about your unique experience. Just tell us a little bit about where you both grew up and then how your two paths came together. Uh, okay, I'll, I can start. Uh, I'm born, born and raised in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, got mm -hmm. to D.C. for the first time in, in July of 2002. So I have been here off and on for almost 18 years now. So I'm not a native Washingtonian, but I like to say I'm rooted here and it is my home. Um, let's see. I met Patience. Well, you know, Patience is famous, right? So I'd seen her performing as part of like Boomscat <laughs> and solo stuff. So I'd seen her around town and we actually ended up uh, working in the same neighborhood. And I forgot how, I think I like reached out. It was like, oh, I'm working on some projects. Would love to talk to you about them. And that was like December of uh, 2014. And we started working together actually on the Audrey Lord birthday celebration that Makers Lab hosted. And, nice. and, we, and then I supported patients around a project that she was doing called the Holista Happy Hour. And yeah, mm -hmm. we just started like talking every day, I think on like Facebook chat, and then she kind of couldn't get rid of me. And we became family. And so I became her uncle and she's my niece. And yeah, that's, I think that's how we got connected. Maybe it was before then, no, I don't, I don't know. I think that's, that's the first memory of connection that we both have, but yeah. probably, the world is so small, especially DC, especially being queer, like the world isn't, is super small. And yes. so I'm sure we crossed paths before then, but that's the first memory we have of each other. Um, and I am a native Washingtonian, I'm from DC. I okay. went to school in Chicago, so I was there for six years and then I came back in 2012 mm -hmm. and I was a, started being a part of a band called Boomscat. So we are working on eight years now of wow. being in community yes. and creating music together. And that it's opened up a lot of opportunities that Lee has always supported. Mm -hmm. And Lee asked me to do poetry for things and perform and sing happy birthday and all the things. <laughs> um, so that is really, like, he's my uncle. He is my uncle. He is um, my family. And I'm very, like, territorial over the fact that I am the oldest niece. Okay. Not the first piece, but I am. No one before you. Oldest. Got it. <laughs> and um, Hannah's my little cousin. And so, okay. <laughs> the other niece. But everybody else who calls Uncle Lee, Uncle Lee is not really, you know, I'm the, I'm the They don't count. They don't uh, count. No, don't worry. They don't count. They don't count. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, this is my family. And uh, Lee has supported me ever since I've been back in D.C. really. Like, we've, we've been in connection, so. So, Patience, I'm guessing that you feel like, because you grew up in D.C., that D.C. is your home, right? Your home base? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Lee, do you feel the yeah, same um, way? I mean, you've been in D.C. for a moment now. Um, do you feel like D.C. is also your home base, or 
do you still think about where you grew up as being that place? I mean, I think of St. Louis fondly, but no, DC is my home. And, you know, my siblings actually live in Northern Virginia. So for me, I am very connected to this place, but also DC is the place where I came into my own. And so being like mm -hmm. a black queer person, um, this is where I felt the most alive and first identifying as a black lesbian and then later identifying as a black trans man. Mm -hmm. Like re regardless of where I am in my life, I've always been supported and received lots of love in DC. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, this is definitely like my home. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah. So you touched on how you guys met. And so I was curious about how both of you would answer this question. In what ways are blood families similar or different from chosen families? Mm. Let me say it again. Uh, no, oh, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I had to just take that one in. And, yeah, um, yeah. I, I think black family structures are vast. Uh, they, they they differ in so many ways, mm -hmm. but they also are very similar. Like black family structures, if you look online and there are certain hashtags like Thanksgiving clapbacks. Like we have <laughs> lived some of the same experiences throughout time and space. Like we all had the same cup the same comforter and black families speak <laughs> in that way and there's a culture to that and I think right. that I know I think me and Lee connect in mm -hmm. that way because Lee is really my uncle like uncle at the cookout uncle at the crab teeth <laughs> like Lee <laughs> is my uncle <laughs> and so like he also has brothers so there's Jay Jay is my other uncle and there's there's specific types of uncles in your life you got the grill masters like i have that yes <laughs> my queer family and Word. like of course blackness is not monolithic and we're all different and we're all vast and we're, we celebrate that but mm -hmm. there are so many like so many things that tie our identity as black folks mm -hmm. together that like just transcend space and time to me and i think that we embody that our relationship is uncle and niece embodies that and like our relationship to other people does as well like Asha is Lee's son, right? Mm -hmm. So we have like these these real relationships and connections that are very, um, they're very like, I don't wanna say standard, but they are standard. Like they, yeah. they, they fit a standard that feels great and that feels like home and that feels comforting as well. Yeah. Nice. But I, I will say though, when it comes to my chosen family, I think, and don't get me wrong, I have one of the most amazing bio families ever and just mm -hmm. been with me every step of the way. But there is a way that my chosen family understands me that I'm just extremely like grateful for. And I think challenging me as a person, as a creative, um, how I see myself and how I move through the world. There's just like a, a certain energy that I get um, from my chosen family. And I start, I'm starting to receive that like more and more and like even accept like my responsibility of having like three sons and being an uncle with my mm -hmm. children's family. And so I don't take that lightly. And so, um, yeah, fully embracing that now. And do you see, Lee, since you are an uncle um, on both sides, I guess, do you yeah. see a difference in Uncle Lee, um, depending on which family you are navigating? Um, mm. Yes and no. So uh, what my niece, my other niece identifies as, as queer, right? And so I think the way I navigate my relationship with her is very similar to the way I navigate my relationship with patients, right? Mm -hmm. um, and really wanting her to own she, who she is and step into her artistry and just like live her best life. Um, my nephew, like I think, so it, it is a little bit different, but maybe it actually is all the same, but 
I, I don't have favorites, but you know, if my um, bio uh, nibblings identify as queer, yeah, they might get treated a little bit differently. <laughs> but also because, because I think there's also like a different type of support okay. um, that they're yeah. gonna need as being like young black queer folks um, mm -hmm. and what that experience looks like. And um, like, obviously we've come a long way, but we still have a long way to go. And I just want them to feel supported in every way possible and be an mm -hmm. example for them, so. And um, so how, you, so you mentioned patients, you mentioned there was a lot of people in your family. Um, how, did, how did you all um, come together? Was it sort of organically? Did you um, pick up people along mm -hmm. the way? Um, <laughs> how, how did this all uh, come about? I think we just keep picking up people and adding them to the family. It's just awesome. it's never it's been gross. in the process. It's like, as children are born, like we just right. keep picking up. <laughs> family at every event at every every turn like there is another cousin or another brother or another son and it's it's a beautiful thing to witness so much support um that is built like because being queer you don't always have the greatest bio family right like you don't always have mm -hmm. the greatest relationship to your bio family and i have i have a good relationship with my family um and i love my family but it, there is something different about being black and queer and like being able to come into spaces like i don't know if you all have ever experienced a maker's lab party but maker's lab parties have historically been like places of worship right okay. and so they've been places of worship and there have been places where like people come to get free and in that freeing you just kind of create connections and relationships with people in dance in conversation and it's like oh we're siblings now like we we're, we're brother and sister we're 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 nibblings like we <laughs> we are <laughs> we we just connect that way through through the ministry of makers lab through the ministry of queerness mm -hmm. through the ministry of blackness and so it's Beautiful. it's definitely a pickup along the way type of situation and and i and i joke like the family is big but i i'm glad that the family is big and i know that the spaces we create like and i don't take it lightly i know that we're saving lives right i know that mm -hmm. like oh, yeah. for people to come into these spaces and be themselves and be free and even if it's only four hours, like to be able to like dust off the week and, and to celebrate, like, um, like I, I think my, what is, I took one of those astrology tests and it's like we're expansive ambassadors of joy. Like that's what we do at Makers Lab and we want people to be a part of this joyous family and like uplift each other like in this process, so. Mm -hmm. And I would say, you know, a lot of the things that you, that you all talking about, um, I would say this is also um, a part of the black experience as well. I mean, mm -hmm. I constantly go over to, you know, an aunt's house or a cousin's house. And then all of a sudden there's more family that I had never <laughs> met before, but they're family, they're cousins. I don't know how they're cousins, but they're cousins. And, yeah. um, and you just, it's just like lockstep. You just treat them that way. Um, and mm -hmm. yeah, and I, I feel like that is just, that's just a part of our heritage as well. Yeah, I mean, some of us have cousins that are not biological cousins. Mm -hmm. And you find out later in your life, you're like, but who's his mama again? <laughs> no, that, that wasn't his mama, you know? Or, you know, even naming practices, something we had touched on before the broadcast, it's like how we name each other, name ourselves. So when I go home to Toledo, I'm Stevie. I am not Stephen. I'm not never Steve because I'm the fourth Stephen in my family. And so I'm Stevie, you know, and so that's just not for the family, but that's also for friends and people who know me intimately. Mm -hmm. And so the, the black family practices 
are often very generous and very open. And um, as you mentioned, Lee, life-saving, you know, mm -hmm. when you have these, um, these um, communities of people that know and love you and look for you and look out for you, you know? So I love it that pick them up along the way to get on that, <laughs> to get in that spaceship. I'm in. I'm yeah. In. yeah. And I even think I'm, I'm a native Washingtonian. So I, I have family that is still here. That is, my mother was a native Washingtonian, born mm -hmm. and raised in Southeast. She would tell you very quickly that she don't play and she's from Southeast. And so <laughs> <laughs> we have family Geography. that has lived, her neighbors that live next door to my neighbors that live next door to my grandparents and, and her family. Like I have experiences with their children and their grandkids. Mm -hmm. and like I don't, there's a woman who, who is a part of Black Lives Matter, her name is Nene. That's my auntie, right? And a lot of people don't know that that's my auntie, but that's because she grew up next to my family. Right. And Sam G, who's the captain of Black in Space, her, her parents grew up next to my, my family. So like mm -hmm. we didn't know each other until we got graduated from school, graduated from college. So we didn't know each other until recently, but we've known each other all our lives, really. Because right. our parents were best friends. So it's like we, we're cousins for real. Like we are family for real. Right. So we, you, you both said that you're close with your bio family. So do you talk about, um, you know, your relation, your other family with your bio family? I mean, do you bring those two families together ever? You do a lot. Well, I've been in, I've been in relationship with your family a lot. So I feel like you do. Um, I do, yeah. Um, I, it's important to me, like, my bio family has saved my life on several occasions. My chosen family has. And so it's important for me to have my bio family know my chosen family and know the people who I spend so much time with. Right. Um, and mm -hmm. so, yeah, my like patience is definitely dealt with my siblings, my mom, all of us. And so, yeah, there's definitely like some, some melding um, of, of the groups of the families. Yeah. I have a relationship with my family, but my queerness, even though I've been out since I was 14, my queerness is very different for me in, in my experience with my bio family. Uh -huh. Like they love me, they come to shows sometimes, but I think okay. I'm just now getting comfortable and okay. like to a comfortable space okay. where I can like have those experiences together. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. Cause my family's real DC. Like they're real, real DC, like mm -hmm. Southeast, real loud. I love them so much. It makes me happy. It brings me joy. <laughs> but they also, <laughs> like I also have family members who are, you know, very clearly and very openly homophobic. And so I have to, have mm -hmm. to I love them, you know, but I don't always want to be around them. Word. And so I don't always, and I would never put my chosen family in harm's way like that because that's harm. Mm -hmm. And so there are times where I, where I don't meld those two together is where I would like to. Um, but I, and I, and I have found myself spending a lot more time with my chosen family than I have with my bio family. Cause sometimes it feels safe. I know they love me, but they don't always have the experience. The understanding. Yeah. Understanding. Yeah. Right. Right. So if there was somebody, um, who was sort of interested in, um, either becoming a part of a family or feeling that connection, um, what would you say, you know, as far as like thinking about, because these families are also built on trust and love and mm -hmm. um, friendship. 
but how would somebody who is feeling a little bit isolated feel like they they would have an in um, or they would be able to make these sort of connections? Be authentic with yourself, like be your authentic self as much as you can, as much as it feels safe to be. And then you start to find people who are also their most authentic selves and then like the, the mm-hmm. nerdy stuff that you like or like the <laughs> weird things that you like. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you kind of, you become family based on those bonds of, mm-hmm. of the things that you think you're the only person that, that does. Like mm-hmm. you find those bonds based on the authenticity that you share. Yeah, I definitely agree with the, the be authentic because I always say if people could see the chats that patients and I have every day, like... <laughs> It's pretty ridiculous, right? And I'm I'm just goofy <laughs> as they come, and 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 she loves me for that, right? And so, I think it's that, and I think it's also, you know, I'm a manifester, and so I literally one day was like, universe, I need a band of brothers, and I found a band of brothers, and my and my family expanded, and so mm-hmm. I asked for the things that I needed, mm-hmm. and um, I've been very vulnerable with those people, and you know, I've gone through some some tough times the, the, the past couple of years, but was willing to like lean on them, and that just made us even closer as a family, and really showed that what family is and what family can be so Mm -hmm. i'm curious about what you said patience about being your most authentic self right what was you've been out since you were 14 what kind of because we even though i think our listenership at this point is largely women we are expanding and we're trying to bring more folks into our you know sonic family so to speak Talk about this authentic self, like how you came about maybe your own experiences as an authentic person. 14 is pretty early. That's awesome. You know, um, can you talk about a little bit about that, what the, the culture of it and maybe some of the, uh, shed a, give us a, an anecdote about what that felt like? Um, well, being from D.C., uh, I feel like for me, it was easier to come out outside of my house. Like I went, I went to Wilson, I went to Dale and Wilson. And so there were a lot of queer people at Wilson. There were a lot of queer people in DC public schools, like who used to come and skip school at Wilson. And so I was always around masculine presenting people. I was always around people who were also coming into their authentic self. So that was the easy part for me, like being out outside of my home. My mother, uh, God rest her soul, whom I love dearly, was not as open uh, to that mm-hmm. practice of me being my most authentic self in that way. So I was raised heavily Christian, uh, non-denominational Christian. So my godparents are pastors. I grew up around a lot of my aunties who are not my aunties, who are chosen family in a different way, um, mm-hmm. are also pastors and deacons and elders. And so I, I had a lot of shame around that when I wasn't with my friends right and so mm-hmm. um I chose to go to school in Chicago that was much like fame I went I went to an art school I went to Columbia College in Chicago because I I saw the brochure and I saw that they had a place for queer people I saw that they had an LGBTQ department and I was like this is mm-hmm. where I want to be like I want to be around people who understand me and so I went to Chicago and I really found myself and I was really able to be my most queer black self in Chicago. Cause there are a lot of older black lesbians in Chicago. And there are a lot of people mm-hmm. who are like lawyers and doctors and artists and, and Fulbright scholars. And they, they do all of these amazing things and they're still queer. Like that mm-hmm. didn't stop them. The fact that they liked, you know, people 
that they weren't supposed to like didn't stop them. The fact that they right. were people that they weren't supposed to be did not stop them from being these magnificent and unique people, right? Mm -hmm. And so not that intelligence is the, the basis, like you don't have to be a Fulbright scholar to be queer and be dynamic, right? But seeing those things did help me, did want me to be like, okay, so this is something mm -hmm. that, that I can be supported by. This community is a, a community of support. And so I had a lot of like, again, aunties. I went to Powwow. I went to, I was on 95th and Jeffrey. I was everywhere in Chicago that queer women were. Nice, and so nice. that really helped me. Chicago really shaped me as a poet and as an artist and as a queer person to be able to like say, this is who I am. Like, and it's not my only identity, but it's a huge part of who I am and I love it and mm -hmm. I'm okay with that. And so coming back home, it made it easier to come back home and have to deal with my mom. You know, I have to deal with that. And it was hard, but it made it a little bit easier to know that I had that support in that family. Um, and so when I finally came back home, I kind of just found that same community here. I found Lee and I found mm -hmm. folks who are dynamic and who are amazing at what they do and also at who they are. You know, and I was like, okay, I wanna I wanna I wanna run with you all because you all not only can show me about myself as a black person, but as a queer person. And as an artist and as a scholar and all of those things. So community and chosen family, again, really helped me come into this authentic, weird, goofy, ridiculous <laughs> person that I am. <laughs> Lee, would you yeah. mind answering that question or, you know, frame it the way you, if it applies to you? So you might repeat it again, just so I make sure I'm... So like, what... Um, Patience mentioned earlier about this authentic self mm -hmm. and being able to be your authentic self, but also drawing in others to you in terms of building community. Yeah. Um, how does that resonate? Does that resonate with your own experience? Like how, how do you, how are you um, hearing that? It, it does resonate with my own experience. I think, you know, there, I think there, I think there are times when I thought I was being my authentic self and maybe I was, but this is actually the first time in my life. I felt like I'm mm -hmm. truly aligned and feel like authentically and maybe that's because i've like medically transitioned and i've gotten sober and so mm -hmm. i've had these like major life shifts where okay. uh i'm just like yeah like extremely happy and grateful and i think the the number of people and the way people are drawn to me now it just feels different right and even okay. when it comes to like producing like black in space like the the resources and support like i i couldn't have imagined that it would have come together like this. And that's because um, I'm fully like stepping into I, who I am every day mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. and really finally like loving the person that I am. And so I think that's, I think that's actually kind of new for me, which I'd never would have thought until now, but yeah, it's, it's, it's new for me. Did you say authentically? Yeah, you know, I love to like authentically, legally, <laughs> All of them. You better work that. Right. <laughs> you better work that. You, you know, know I'm gonna put it on a button. I'm a I'm a button maker. I'm gonna put it on a button. You are yeah, put it on a button. button. Have a couple of your buttons. Huh? Have a couple of your buttons. That's and right. Yeah. Yeah, see? Yeah, okay. yeah, I have lots of buttons as well. So we we're about to wrap up. We're coming to the end yeah. of our conversation here. It's been a great mm -hmm. conversation. So I just wanted to to ask um, both of you if there's anything else you would like to share with our audience today. Uh, I would like to say I would I want to see everybody on the spaceship. We're launching May 21st, blackinspace.com. I may have to borrow the Sonic family line, Stephen. So thank you for that. Um, and I also just want to say thank you for to patients for 
of being such an important part of my life and being part of this journey with Black in Space. And I'm, I'm honored to create with you. And I love you. Thank you for trusting me. That's a big thing that I like. I really appreciate you for trusting me. And I know this is your baby and Maker's Live is one of your babies. And you have always trusted me, even when I don't trust myself. Like you have always like pushed me and trusted me to like do the things that you know I'm capable of. And I appreciate you for that. I love you very much. I love you. Thank you. We're going to cry after we get off. That's right. <laughs> That's really beautiful. Yeah. Well, it was great. It was great talking to both of you. Um, we wish you luck on the spaceship. We hope to see you on the spaceship. Yeah. Um, I want to lead repeat the um, the Black Pride oh, information. Yeah. So everyone should go to blackinspace.com. B-L-K-N-S-P-A-C-E.com. Blackinspace.com. And that's the letter N. Black in. in. Oh, sorry. Yeah, N. Yeah. Right. And, and those okay. dates again? Uh, what are the dates? May 21st to May 25th. Thank you very, very yep. much. And one last question for you, Patience. You've been on the start. Have you been on the mothership? It's in your town. Oh, yeah. No, I have not been on the mothership. Yet. Okay. They waiting on you. you need I know. To go I'm ready. I'm, 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 I'm going. I'm going. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> Thanks a lot again for coming on the show today. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah.